Why say I love you every single day and what can you learn from pain? Stay tuned to find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. What is up? What is up? What is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of emotional learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you? Well, that, my friend, is infinitely more important. You or a driven entrepreneur, or business owner, or hoping to be one soon. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, and just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And that's why I'm here coming to you with yet another big interview episode. Today, Kristen Stovall, a loving wife and author, utilizes the tragic loss, suicide, mind you, of her husband to share the lessons in the power of imagination, processing your emotions, building in someone else's world first, there's some power there, and letting your characters come to life. Plus, I want to give you a little tidbit a little later on about next week's interview episode's guest, who was a high school dropout turned graffiti artist. So as per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal, business, and marketing, G-O-L-D, spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right, my Dark Horse friends and family, today's guest is Kristen Stovels. Kristen, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. Hello, it's great to be here. Absolutely, I was I was just sharing with you. Uh, I was checking out some of the uh, some of your content that you have out there. I believe it was on Amazon where I was checking it out, and some of the story behind your writing. It was like, ah, uh, okay. Hopefully, she'll share a bit of that because it's uh, <laughs> it can pull at the heartstrings. I'm sure it might be tough for some folks, but uh, apparently, you found some catharsis. <sighs> <laughs> Catharsis. Thank you. See, <laughs> this is why you're on the show to help me out. There you go. <laughs> In your writing, but I don't want. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to open up that box. I want to let you tell the story: the good, the bad, the ugly that brought you to where you are now, and the and the reason why you do what you do. All right. Uh, well. I started writing just sort of for fun when I was younger. It was sort of a here and there dabbling thing, but I always enjoyed storytelling and imagining stuff. Uh, then when I became a young adult, I actually started writing um, Tolkien fan fiction just because, you know, I liked the elves and all of that. But I, I quickly realized I didn't want to write about the main characters. I wanted to pick really obscure characters that didn't really have much of anything beyond a name. And I wanted to write about them, which then I, I realized you don't want to write about somebody else's stuff. You want to write your own stuff. Right. So, and then life happened and I met a wonderful young man and got married and had the job and the home. And I got really, really focused on that. But it was not the happily ever after that I had envisioned. 
And after battling with depression due to severe pain as a result of a brain injury, my husband, Dustin, chose to end his life a year and a half after mm. we were married. Yeah. Um, needless to say, that throws your entire life plan and everything into complete disarray. Um, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I found myself in this position where I just, I didn't know what, what to do with anything. It was like we had a year and a half together. We didn't have children. And what was the point of it? Now I just hurt really badly. Mm-hmm. So I had kind of fallen back into my imagination and daydreams, which is where I always kind of go to process. And I started just imagining this scene where someone got to say goodbye to a loved one. And then those characters in that scene developed and stretched and built. And then I had a story and then I had a book, which turned into a trilogy. And through the process of writing it, I was able to share what I was feeling and how difficult it was because my husband was very well known in the community. So there was a fairly public element Mm. to his death. It, It was not, it wasn't something I got to just emote and grieve and process through, um, you know, quietly on my own. But through this this world and writing this character, I was able to process through that stuff and build on it. And then it became something where I felt like I could give him and our time together a legacy mm. that, you know, I wasn't able to give him with children and we wanted children. So I now tell my mother that she's not getting grandchildren from me. She's getting grand books. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a great way to look at it, really, if you think about it. Um, I, I think one of the things that captured uh, my interest when I was first uh, you know, kind of checking you out a little bit was, I don't know if you know, um, I lost a daughter um, and she was Sorry. only uh, 18 months old and, uh, uh, you know, the whole trials and tribulations. But, and, but yeah. I, was, I was lucky enough to be there at the very end and say that goodbye. So when you were when you were sharing your story about two people that got to say goodbye and how you grew that and developed it into, you know, a story and uh, added characters and created a trilogy out of it, I was like, yeah, yeah I totally get that. Because uh, because they're really um, it, don't get me wrong, I get it. It was flipping yeah. painful, right? You you, yeah. you don't want to wish that kind of pain no. on your worst enemy, but it's like your world just explodes. Thank you. There it is. <laughs> but I always say one of the things I am thankful for was I did get to say that goodbye. You know, how many times have we yourself included? Have we, you know, engaged with someone who didn't say, you know, I love you to their mom or their dad for far too long and then Poof, they're gone. You know, yours was a little closer to home, obviously, but it, there's something really there about being able to do that. And it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of got to do that through your writing. I did. I mean, I was also fortunate in that I had called him that morning and the last mm. words we did say were, I love you. Yeah. So it that's a really, I can hold on to that, that that was the last thing that we said to each other. So that's one that's those three words you want to say to anyone you care deeply about every single day. That's that's my opinion. All the time. <laughs> my my wife, you can. my kids, every time we interact with one another, those are just, those three words come out of my mouth. Just 
because uh, I've been there, yep. right? <laughs> My parents are gone, yeah. you know, in, in the whole nine yards. So who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? So I, I think you would agree with that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, I actually just last week had a family funeral, like an extended mm, family member, but it was like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> you just, you never know. Yeah, there it is. Uh, that might be the title of this episode. You never know. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, and you know what's funny is uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to lift the lift the air up a little bit here. That's when you fine. were sharing about your love for Tolkien fan fiction, um, I was a big well, still am a big J.R. Tolkien fan. I started reading them back in in high school, and yeah. um, later on in in my uh, my fiction career, of course, Star Wars comes along, and we all know the movies. But all the yeah. books that were out, even back in the 80s, you know, the late 70s oh, yeah. and the 80s were amazing. And not all of them were, you know, um, you know approved by the, the originator of Star Wars. <laughs> right. And it, while I would like to say I knew a lot about it, my brother was the Star Wars he probably could have wrote a whole bunch of those books and <laughs> he would tell me all these stories and he's like, and there's this one character and the characters like mentioned once or twice in a book. <laughs> and he's like, man, I wish they would just dive into that character and it would just be amazing, you know? And, yeah. and, and I think a lot of the fan fiction has done that. We, uh, we and I'm going to shut up here in a minute and let you let you share more. <laughs> That's fine, I'm I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> we uh being we met and he wasn't my my blood brother. He was I, my brother from another mother. But we have known each other since we were like he was 14 and I was 16. And right after this, that the same time frame, we were the oldest boys on the block. Uh, we started teaching the kids martial arts by using uh, eight millimeter film, my mom and dad's film camera. We would choreograph these scenes like cheesy ninja movie things, right? <laughs> well, then we took that one step further. And we literally sat down over the summertime. It was probably the summer of, of 1980. All right, there's a way back clock for you. Green, you can, you can see the gray beard, so you get me. And we wrote an entire script based around the rock group Kiss. Ha! Now, this is about the same time they had just come out with their movie, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. So it was a hot topic. Yeah. But we we developed our own characters in addition to that. And I had more fun writing and developing those characters than I did just being, uh, you know, developing the, the four characters fr from the band. So right. when you were talking about, you know, it was more fun to take that little oddball character even in Tolkien <laughs> fanfics and really develop it you're right because it's almost like you you created something out of nothing and it's all yours right. even though that name started in theirs yeah it's it's a way to practice character development within like with the safety net of somebody else's world yeah so you don't have to worry about whether or not you've created the world or in all of these little details that come with it you just get to have fun with the character and where they go and and how they develop which i mean that's one of my favorite things to do anyway 100 so. percent. i feel young it, and i'm no writer I, i'm not even gonna try <laughs> this i'm not even gonna try and put my name under the writing category all right now but, uh, i could write a speech there you go. I can do that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, beyond that now. So so you you took your story and it became a trilogy. I mean, how kind of unpack that a little bit for me, because I would imagine some folks are like, OK, there I, I did it. I feel better. I got it out there. <laughs> how does it go for you that you're like, no, man, there's another book. And now I got another one. And I imagine 
This is, you haven't said anything. There's probably another one working around in your brain or already being developed in your laptop somewhere. There's a prequel that comes out December 10th, actually. See, and she didn't even <laughs> tell me in advance. <laughs> well played. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. I've been doing this in a while. <laughs> um, well, the way it worked for me was at, once I realized I had a story and a plot that I kind of wanted to play with, it wasn't fully developed yet, but I knew there was a story there. I also knew there were two possible endings. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure until the end of the second book which one I was going to go with. But there were only two endings that, you know, two directions it could go. And I think just I wasn't I wasn't decided on what it was yet because I had to get to a certain point in my grieving process to know how things ended up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it, it mostly just started with that scene. And then I knew I had a story and I had the basis of what kind of launched uh, Aislinn, the main character, into the adventure she falls into. And, of course, things changed and developed as I went. But I had the broad strokes from sure. the, from the first book. I think that's like anybody who's created anything. And, and a lot of our folks are entrepreneurial in nature. So a lot of their creations are products or services or whatever. But I know I, I, the last big client, I, I'll call him a client that, that I worked for, they created apparel. I'm actually wearing one of their pieces right now. Huh? Yeah? Oh, let, me do my, nice. let me do my little Vogue <laughs> motion right here for you. Right. And what's yeah. always funny is... Um, I wasn't on the creative side. It was more on the marketing side, but I would always love engaging with those folks that were creating this, these physical pieces. Well, I'll call them physical pieces of art, yeah. you know, a, a nice looking shirt or jacket or, you know, shorts or whatever. Uh, they made it different so that when you saw it, they're like, you, you would go, Oh, I know who made that. Right. It's like yeah. any one of us, we see a certain designer, style or certain certain kind of shoe you're like oh i know who do that you know like the red bottoms of those high heels some of the ladies wear they all know <laughs> yeah. who made those shoes right they, they don't <laughs> you don't need to go look for the brand name so there's something about creating that type of thing that ah this is what we're all about we always do this and we always do that that yeah. it just kind of rolls out but where I was going with when they would always start first start a design it was like you know they'd sketch it all out and say here's our idea and then they'd get more input from those that will end up using it or some of the customer yeah. input. And it starts to mold and morph. The original concept, you could still see it there, but there was these fine tuning tweaks. That's kind of what I imagine you probably went through as you were building your, your character and your story. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think anything really came from like reviews or, or readers, but mm-hmm. I did hire an editor and I had you know, I had a few friends, a few select people that got to read it ahead of time and people that I would bounce ideas off of. And then sometimes the characters would go, nah, that's not what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they just go, uh-uh. Other times they get ignored when they tell me that. When when they don't want me to do mean things to them, I'm like, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part I've been waiting for. <laughs> You're going to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This, you're not gonna like it but you're it, gonna do it <laughs> it's kind of cool that you say it like that because i imagine to you and i know for me if i'm reading a book or i'm a big audiobook fan if i'm listening to the book right they actually take on a life right and there's just some point if they don't actually do what you think they're going to do you're like wait a minute 
That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Bob would never yeah. do that. Bob is not that kind of person. You know, you can't put Bob in a dress. It just doesn't work. <laughs> no one puts Bob in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you, you get it. <laughs> no, exactly. but you, you, you just, I mean, as you were telling your, your, little, your little piece of the story there, you said they don't want to do it like they were real. And they kind of are, yeah. you know, to me, yeah. I, to you, right? Oh, Definitely. Like, I know what they sound like. I know how they would say things. And sometimes I will actually sort of back and forth the dialogue out loud mm -hmm. and, and get the feel for it. But I mean, I know their voices. I know how they feel about things. On some level, they are very real to me. And like, there's, and there's little elements of me in each of them. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I know that at one point I did, when a character had finished their final scene, I didn't hear them anymore you're now listening to the dark horse entrepreneur podcast Ooh, for a while it was just quiet it was just it was quiet until i went back and started doing the editing process again and then i could kind of hear him and then another character uh once i finished the trilogy would not speak to me because i was mean <laughs> <laughs> they were done and not interested in playing anymore <laughs> that's heck of funny i just i can just picture these people <laughs> sitting around a table some of them with angry faces looking at you others like real happy about it <laughs> exactly i did have somebody ask me well what would it be like if you went into the world you created and i'm like well i'd be in a lot of trouble you'd be in a <laughs> Right, they'd be would like not two, like me. They'd be like two happy people. The rest of them are like, "That's her right there." That she's the one that did this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get. Did, have as you develop a character, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. By the way, I mean, this is this is a really cool way yeah, to, to, to twist <laughs> on things. As you develop a character, or even come up with a, a character's, um, I don't know, I, the idea for one as the story unfolds. Do you ever like? sketch out what you think they look like or is it all kind of in you know inside your head oh i mentally cast them i have actors and actresses that are cast in very some actors get cast in like multiple roles because i'm like oh you're pretty i'd like to imagine you doing these things right but uh yeah i mentally cast them all of almost all of the main characters have sort of a face model that is nice. That's cool. That. As you were as you were sharing, I was taken back to uh, a tour I did down at I believe it was Disney World, where there I got to go behind the scenes at the Imagineering uh, facility and see where the artists, you know, draw some of the cells, yeah. the old school, right? There's all this CGI stuff oh, we yeah. have nowadays. I'm dating myself once again. Anyway, um, <laughs> but the, every single one of them had a little figurine sitting on their desk that represented the character that they were depicting in their drawings. And a, a number of the figurines oh, yeah. were, were pulsable, you know, so they could change the positions and the faces. And I'm like, what a cool idea, because now you could look at that character and see what they're saying and kind of like for me. Yeah. I would be talking to him. Hey, Bob. I'm going to use Bob again. <laughs> You're right. You don't belong in that dress. It's fine. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You know, that's, you do that's... not have the legs for that. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. That was excellent. Yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I totally get it. I'll go on YouTube and go to like, I'll find sort of shows or movies that these actors are in that kind of fit the fantasy mm -hmm. thing. And then I find like little fan made, um, like music videos and yeah. I watch those and I'm like, Oh, this is totally that one scene 
This is what their face would look like. Oh, this song matches it perfectly. Let's see. Doing a little research out there and getting your inspiration from others. I like that. I mean, I have a like I'll do that. And then I sort of have song music that I'll listen to to prep for scenes like it Mm -hmm. has to match stuff. I was just actually the other night speaking with my co-author on the next series I'm working on. We were like trying to find the right music before we worked on this scene together. (laughs) That that, that actually brings a whole nother point uh, of um, finding your motivation, right? I mean, it sounds like you use a lot of research and music to get you into, I'll call it the space, whatever space you're trying to get in. And then you're, you're, yeah, you're trying to take it one step further and say, okay, I don't need to just be in the writing zone. I need to be in the ballroom zone or the, (laughs) I don't know, dance floor. I need to be in the urban street zone or I need to be in the action zone. The terrible Um, murder zone. The terrible murder. Oh, that was a a clue. (laughs) I mean, that's. I always go, okay, how horrible can I be? (laughs) (laughs) She says with her sweet, innocent little voice. (laughs) The Disney princess voice. So when you when you first started writing the uh, the the original trail trilogy, because you you leaked out that you're working on a whole new thing here. Yeah, it's unrelated. Okay, cool. And let's see, another clue. Um, when you started first started writing your original trilogy, did you have a goal with it, uh, or just I don't know, just started writing because it's is like you said it was cathartic. Hey, I actually got it out that time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a little bit of both, mostly because I am by nature a very goal oriented person. In order for me to get something like done, I have to have goals. Mm-hmm. So I, there was that. I. But I, the goals have sort of changed and, and um, you know, they've adapted and evolved as, as time has gone on. I think initially it was part of it was I just need to tell this story and get it out. And then it was I need to also create this legacy and I need people to remember him not as the way things ended, but, you know, the, this legacy the, yeah. and who he was. And I just really could not let his worst darkest moment be the last chapter for him. I 100%. had to keep going. hundred percent. Do you, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a sensitive question. If you don't want to answer it, that's cool. I'm good with that. Do you address that dark moment in, in the trilogy? Um, no, no. Okay. Which is fine. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I address other dark moments, but it's a, a lot of it more just from the perspective, like, from the perspective of someone grieving the, sure. the story itself takes it centers around a young widow. And the concept is that uh, when two people are in love and soulmates and one of them dies, suddenly it connects their souls and the person left alive um, is able to still hear and see and Ooh. speak with them, oh. but they can't touch or, you know, I mean, that person's a spirit but as a result of that connection they have the ability to heal so nice okay an interesting concept through pain you can heal and help okay others. you got to give this an audiobook so i can check this out yeah. i'm working on <laughs> the, the first book is in the process <laughs> sweet you got to keep us posted on that and i will Absolutely. make sure to update the links for anybody that would be yes. interested and now, i, I 
can tell you the person who's doing it, I got a little, um, you know, preview when we were going through the audition process and everything. And Mm -hmm. for the first time, I was just listening to the story and not judging myself because I am my own worst critic. And I will just, yeah, I will sit there and go, oh, I should have done this and this and this. But I was listening to the story and I started crying because I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) you know, I was just sort of crying because I was in the story and in the moment and not in technical. That, that and that's that's a good that, that means you picked the right person to to tell the story, and that's funny for me because there's so many times I've been listening to a book and it's read by something someone other than the author, um, and it's times like this where I'm having this kind of chat going okay now I get it because if they would have read it, it might've come out completely different. Like if you would have read this book, I'm sure it would have come out completely different than whoever it was you picked to do this for you. Yeah. And and I can't stand the sound of my own voice when uh, it's recorded. I'm not used to it. You always sound different when you listen to yourself. This is true. This is true. hundred um, percent. And I'm not used to that. I listen to it, I'm like, Oh God, I sound stupid. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Um, and then I get kind of in my own head and I'll catch little things and I'm like, oh, I used that word like five sentences earlier. <laughs> like I notice stupid things. Well, you're you're a writer, so you 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 <laughs> focus on these kind of things. So I don't know about stupid, but certainly <laughs> I get where you're coming from because we are we are our own worst enemies. I know in the podcast oh, yeah. world, a number of the folks that I have spoken to and still speak to, uh, they hate the sound of their voice. I was one of them. And like the first, the first, I don't know, f- three, four months, people are going, dude, your voice is made for radio. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> I think so. Right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we are our own worst critics. So here's a question for you. If someone wanted to tackle sitting down to tell a story, maybe not write a whole book, but to tell whatever story they have inside them. What couple of tips might you give them to to get kicked off? (laughs) Well, that kind of brings me to what got me to actually sit down and do it. I had gone to Smallville Comic Con, which is uh, it was their first year, and it's about an hour away from me. And one of the guests there was author Neo Edmond. And I, you know, I came up to his table and I was like, oh, you're doing exactly what I want to do. You're writing books. You're going to Comic Cons and talking to people. And he just looks at me and he goes so do it (laughs) and I was like wait a minute sage advice in simple words (laughs) and I mean we've actually we've stayed in touch since then and he knows that I tell this story but he's been a really supportive cool guy because of it but that's the the biggest thing is do it you know don't worry about whether it's perfect I guarantee no one starts out perfect I mean my first drafts are awful they're awful I just you know they're they're the the skeletal structure of the story and you go in later and you add the muscle and the tissue and and give it that you know the fullness right. of a world and story just do it and don't worry about whether or not it's perfect i like how you said that the, the bare bones and then you go back and add the muscle and tissue that was awesome see <laughs> thank you <laughs> she's told this story once or twice but that was that was i was like I'm going to have to steal that one sometime. (laughs) Actually, that's just a conversation I've had with my co-writer a few times where we're judging ourselves. And I'm like, it's fine. It's it's fine. We'll fix it later. We'll go back. That's right. We have we have delete buttons. No problem. (laughs) Exactly. 
Uh, you know, it, it's funny you you mentioned uh, Comic Con. I have seen. I've, I've I've gone to a number of Comic Cons, big and small, as well They're as so the. Fun. Oh my God, I love them. Uh, as well as like Dragon Con down oh, in wow. down in Atlanta, and uh, they, I have something going off in my ear, and I don't know why. I Hold on one second. Can you hear it? I can. I can't hear anything. I just hear you talking. All right. Well, good. Then we don't worry about it. <laughs> I have some sort of music going on in my head. Anyway, anyway. So I was down at Comic Con, and there's this one lady. Uh, and I can't remember her name. It's escaping me right now. She does these beautiful pieces of art. And she actually had a booth there. And I was telling her that, you know what? <laughs> I love what you do with your artwork. I would love to be able to do that. And she said a very simple thing. Well, then do it. <laughs> exactly. Just right? do it. <laughs> She's like, That's, she goes, I didn't start off this good. You know, because I was, uh, you know, singing her <laughs> praises and talking about right. this is my favorite piece. And that's my second favorite piece. She goes, well, right. I didn't start off doing those kind of things. You know, um, Olivia, that's her name. That's right. it. That's her name. Single name. Right. And if right. if you've ever seen any of her artwork, if, if I like pop one, you say, oh, I've seen that before. Oh, and yeah. uh, she's just one of those gals where you're like, oh, I've seen that. But no one knows who she is unless right. you're a big fan. But she said basically the same thing. Well, then just do it. You know, and I could have come up with a bunch of excuses like we all like to do. But no, we're really good at that wow. as, as a species. <laughs> right? No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, everybody, you heard her. Just do it. All right. So you, you've given a couple of little clues that you have something new coming up, right? A, a new trilogy, I would imagine, or a new series. Uh, the Well, first down the pike is the Twisted Path, which is the prequel to the trilogy. Okay. And that. That one comes out December 10th. It takes place about 200 years before the trilogy and uh, deals with the country that the trilogy takes place in when it's really in its infancy. And I took a lot of inspiration from history and the War of the Roses. And I'm a huge like Renaissance history nerd. So I was like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> and um I'm also in the process of co-writing a series with a friend of mine, and we've been friends for years. She's also um, an author. Her her pen name is Jennifer Sanders, so people should definitely check her out as well. But we're working on a trilogy that takes place in the Victorian era, and we mix in some fantasy elements there. And the series will be called the Fae Touched Chronicles. Fae? So. Was that Fae Touched or Faith Touched? Fae. Fae touched, like uh, fairies and, and the fae and Got all it. Yep. of that. I get it. Fairies yes. spelled the old way. Yes. Now, as soon as you said it, I was like, I want to make sure I get this right. Fae touched. I yeah. like that. That's going to be cool. Yeah. All Thank right. You. Well, and you, you, again, I would ask you, just shoot me an email or something. Let me know when that comes out. Obviously, it's going to be a little while, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I'll definitely keep an eye out for that trilogy. Uh, and we'll, we'll put links down in there so people can go check it out right away. Yeah, Faye Touch, so far we have four books planned, and we're doing it a little differently in that we're actually writing all four of the books that we have planned. We're writing the first drafts first, and then we're going to go back and release them as we do the editing and rewrites. Oh. But the entire the series will be written. Nice. I like that. People don't have to wait for eight years for the next book to come out, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and it's been really nice, too, because it also gives us the freedom if we have like an idea that suddenly works better, we can go, oh, let's go fix this now because yeah. 
nothing has come out yet and we have the freedom to let it grow organically. Nice. I like it. I like it. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, no doubt. You, you, you get to have all the fun. What's up with that? <laughs> I had a lot of not fun days for a while though. So. Well, it, and that's, that's the truth behind everything, right? Everyone, everyone sees all the bright, shiny objects. And they're like, yeah, you don't see when it was, you know, a piece of raw ore that we exactly. had to hammer out and everything. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they see it once it's polished and finished. They don't see all of the little growing pains. That exactly right. Led you to that spot. As hundred percent. All right, Kristen, I appreciate you coming and hanging out. I want to be mindful of your time. Any final words you want to leave folks with, you know, that might be listening thinking about, Oh, I want to try that. And just doing it ain't working it for me, man. What do you want to tell them? <laughs> Well, I would say don't put too much pressure on yourself. Go for walks, listen to music, find the things that trigger your imagination and your inspiration and just let it flow. Don't force it. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you do have to push through writer's block, but you know, don't force it. And sometimes writer's block is happening because something isn't working and deep Mm -hmm. down, you know it. And so you just, you go back. And fix it. And then also just a lot of coffee, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just make sure that's on hand. <laughs> I, uh, yes, hundred percent. Lots of coffee <laughs> or whatever your favorite caffeinated beverage might be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Occasionally awesome. there has to be some wine for me during the editing Ooh. process. But <laughs> I hear, I hear that could be very inspirational to folks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, I definitely appreciate you ta- your time. Thanks for, so much for sharing your uh, your wonderful story here. And I'm going to make sure all those links are down there in the show notes so people can come check it out, learn more about you, read your books, and keep up to date with the new stuff you got coming out. Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. Absolutely. All right, my Dark Horse friends and family. There you have it. Kristen Stovall dropping some imagination-sparking bombs on us today. What thoughts resonated with you? Let me share some thoughts that clicked with me. Thought number one, power of imagination. I think Kristen and her story helped prove to all of us the power of our mind as well as the power of imagination. I mean, I truly believe that within every single one of us lies this often hidden power, this underutilized capability that could be really the one thing that you could engage to bring about your happiness, to save you from sadness, and yes, maybe even bring about your greatest success. For most, this power is, as I said, underused and and underdeveloped. However, on the flip side, for those highly successful people, yeah, they tap into it every single day. That alone should be a telltale sign that you and I and all of us need to tap into this under-advantaged power that we have right at our fingertips, tucked right behind our eyeballs. So let's learn a bit more about that, shall we? I'm going to share a bit more on this very topic in episode 326, Imagination, Tap Into Your Hidden Power. Thought number two, process your emotions. 
Kristen utilized her storytelling skills as a way to process her emotions after the tragic loss of her husband. I'm willing to bet that many of you, the moment you heard Kristen share what had happened to her husband, felt something, be it shock or sadness or remorse or whatever. You felt something. Perhaps you even connected with her because you had some event similar or at least akin to what she went through. You could relate at some level to all that emotion that surely had to be coursing through her like a river swelling at its banks, ready to burst that dam. How did you process your emotions? Perhaps you talked it through with someone close to you. Perhaps you, like Kristen, wrote stories. Perhaps you stood on stages like I did to tell everyone how such events could be avoided. Or perhaps you took less healthy routes like alcohol, drugs, food, or other numbing paths. Look, here's the thing. I'm not here to judge or condemn anyone for the route they may or may not have taken in order to handle their pain or their emotions. My guess is that if you're still here listening to this show, you found a better route, uh, well, one better than those negative ones, and you continue to seek out more positive paths to negative situations. So I want to add to your positive toolbox, and I'm going to share a few more thoughts in episode 327, Find Happiness in Identifying and Helping Your Emotions. Thought number three, build in someone else's world first. Kristen mentioned how character development can be easier when you start with building a character in or from someone else's world first. I think there's more power in that little statement than we can even imagine, especially if you're just starting to stretch your imagination muscle. But wait, Tracy, aren't we supposed to be getting entrepreneurial tips and results from listening to this damn podcast? Oh, why, yes. And if you will indulge me with your open mind, I will make that very link right now. So, here you are, Mr. or Miss Entrepreneur, trying to come up with your character, which in your world is your product or your service. But you're struggling. Everything you come up with is just like everyone else has. You know, because you've heard so many people talk about it, the importance of being uniquely you. I mean, heck, you hear about me preach about it all the time. So as you comb the corners of the Internet, maybe you're posed. Well, not maybe you're definitely posed with an ad for a product that you may actually be interested in as you review the product for potential purpose excuse me, for potential purchase, right? My tongue tripped over my eye teeth again. You may notice a hole. Actually, you probably do notice a hole or a gap in that product or service that you and your expertise could easily fill. That, my friend, is your character in someone else's world. You could use your experience, your imagination to develop your character to fill in the gap in their story. And guess what? You both win. Then, once the folks that are out there have enjoyed the benefits of your character, i.e. your product or service that fills that gap in someone else's product or service, well, now you can develop your own characters 
products and services based on the input from your newly entertained audience. See? That's gold right there, isn't it? Now, here's a question. Are you now thinking of some ad or product that you've recently seen or utilized where you've said to yourself, it's missing this or it's missing that? No? Or yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, for those of you that aren't, I'm willing to bet that you will within the next 24 hours because now your mind is going to be looking for it. So get out there and build in someone else's world. Flex your creative muscle in preparation to create your own unique characters by being the character that is uniquely you. And ha, I got to follow it up with thought number four, let it come to life. Kristen talked about how the characters in her, well, she actually talked about the characters in her book as if they were real people. Well, in some ways they are, aren't they? I mean, think about it. We, and I want you to really think about this, all of us have had that moment, be it in a book, at a movie, or watching some great series on television, right, where the characters caused us to, to gasp or to cry, or even say something aloud because it moved us that much. In that moment, they were very real, and it was that realness that moved you to gasp, or to weep and cry, or to verbally expunge whatever it is that came out of your mouth. Now, usually right after that, if you're alone, you kind of shake your head, you know, because you're removed by a, a fake character, or... Maybe, if you're like me, you look over at your partner in life and you say, no, I am not crying over fake people, right? And then you chuckle at yourself. Look, there is something inside you that is looking to be birthed into reality. Whether that reality will be on the pages of a book, it will show up as a video on YouTube or lessons to clients or services to your customers. There is a life in your product and ser or service that you should, no, scratch that, that you have to let come to life. If you stifle that coming to life in any way, I think you'd be stealing from me, from yourself, and from the people that you serve. So stop holding back and let your character, your product, or your service truly come to life. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll stop there. There's so many other great nuggets in this episode. But here's the question. What inspiring ideas, tips, or thoughts resonated with you? Hmm? Whatever they were, take some time as soon as possible. Right now is a great time to write them down and then get out there and put them into action. Yeah, you know what happens next. You get out there, you run your race, you get your results, and then you come let me hear about them. That's right. Email me at tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Share the tips or ideas that you came away with, how you put them into action, and what results you gain from them. Heck, probably even bring you on the show and let you share your success story. All right. Now, next week, we got another great success story. Our next interview episode, man, Edgar Bl Blazona, I want to make sure I say that right, uh, is going to be our guest. Now, Edgar is a, a modernist American furniture designer and the founder of the sofa brand Bench Made Modern. Now, here's the cool thing. Edgar was a high school dropout, turned graffiti artist, turned serial entrepreneur, and he got his start in the furniture industry 
out of need. He, like so many of us, was young and broke. And his first apartment, yeah, had no furniture. And so necessity became the mother of invention. You're going to want to hear where it took him. Now, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and the inspirational stories that I'm lucky enough to get from the guests I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to bring on here. So please go on down there, hit that subscribe button while you're there. Go ahead and leave us a, a five-star rating and drop us some kind words in the reviews. Heck, ask questions. I read every single one of those reviews. And of course, do not keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know would get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Yeah.